What's going on guys? Welcome back to the Run Free Podcast. This is episode number 29. Uh, In this episode, we're going to do a little Olympic trials debrief. And then we're going to do a little bit of challenging our view on luck. So I hope you guys are doing well. Hopefully it's turning to springtime where you are. Just moments before coming into my garage to record this for y'all. I was out in the sun just baking in it, just loving it. Feels so good. And it's actually kind of a little bit about what I'm going to talk about today. So I'm getting out in front of myself. But it's crazy how the sun feels the best right after the winter time, right? Like right when you've endured like those freezing cold days, uh, freezing cold snow, ice, hail, wind. You're out doing those runs that are just miserable and you just can't wait to get home and get warm. And then uh, when it first turns to spring and you get those first warm days, aren't they just like the most glorious thing? And uh, I was thinking about this as I was bathing in the sun. I was like, you know, it's being cold that makes being warm feel so amazing. And uh, that's kind of true about trials suffering what i'm gonna talk about today you know our sarah and i's recent experience at the trials and not having things go the way we had hoped or expected or wanted or dreamt they would go and yet there's something about that pain that makes the future joys and successes and victories all the more sweeter like way sweeter than they'd be if you're just winning every race all the time and always achieving your goals and always knocking it out of the park like that looks like a lot of fun from the outside right but i bet you from the inside and i have to say i bet you because that's not been my journey at all i've had more than my fair share of uh failures and downers in life that's for sure um but i bet you it's not as fun as it looks to just be successful all the time and I think you see that when you look at like Hollywood, right? And like how much those guys struggle with depression and, you know, drugs is so prevalent and stuff because if life is just good all the time, you kind of become dull to the joy and to the simple pleasures in life in the those moments when you do break through, like there's no breakthrough if there's nothing to break through, right? Like if you're already broken through and you're just living in a state of breakthrough all the time, it sounds glorious, but you actually kind of lose touch with why it's so glorious. Like you forget what you came out of. So anyways, I'm getting off on a random rant already to kick things off, but um, you know, just keep that in mind. Like actually failures make our successes but more vibrant, more delicious, more tasty, more fulfilling, more more everything, just so much better, right? When you've been through the ringer and you come out the other side victorious, man, there's no better feeling than that. So if you're in the middle of it and you're going through your own struggles, your own trials, just realize like like these these trials, tr- these these struggles these trials are actually just going to enhance the flavor of my next victory so we'll kick it off with that but anyways um to actually kick things off so i want to say big congrats to uh you know our top three women who are going to the olympics um 
Alphine, especially excited for her. You know, she was the women's winner, and she's just such an amazing person, has such a great heart. She's been over to our house, had dinner with us and the kids, and our kids just adore her, love her. Um, she's just such a happy person, just she's smiling all the time, always fun to talk to, um, just has a really amazing outlook on life so big congrats to her excited to see what she can do in the games and then you know on the men's side uh you know super excited for my buddy avdi pulling off his fifth olympic team at 43 years old the oldest uh, u.s olympian ever pretty insane i'm gonna have a coffee with him we were supposed to get one today but he's feeling a little bit sick um but man, we need to have him on the podcast and do an episode on anti-aging, right? Like if anyone's got it figured out, it's that guy, which is interesting because I've actually, we've lived with Abdi for a brief period uh, when we were first coming up here to Flagstaff to train. And uh, we've seen like his lifestyle, what he eats, and he's like just very basic, right? Like he eats clean, healthy food that comes out of the ground. He sleeps when he's tired. He trains hard, but not too hard. Like he's just very like, I'd describe him as like very sound. Now when he gets out on the race course and gets in his races, like he's very fiery. <laughs> he's like super fun to, to race with and to train with because uh, things can get heated. Like him and, him and Meb could never train together because they'd always get in little, not actual boxing matches, but little duels out on the on the roads, you know. Um, but he's just such a great guy. He just always makes me laugh. One of my favorite people to be around on the running circuit. Just like, always smiling, always having a good time. Um, I was thinking about some of my favorite Abdi moments. I think my favorite actually was, or one of them, one of the more memorable ones was uh, we we're is before the 2012 Olympic trials in Houston. And, uh, you know, we're in the lobby, and I was talking to Meb, and then uh, I think I was talking to Meb, or I was already talking to Abdi, and anyways, it ended up just being me, Meb, and Abdi, like, talking in the lobby, and Abdi's like, man, this is the team, this is the team right here, like, we don't even need to go around the race, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was funny, just because he, like, totally called it, but um, he's just a fiery, fun guy who uh, is going to represent our country really well so really stoked for him so big congrats to uh you know and galen as well running 209 on that course is pretty insane so big congrats to him coach mike smith they're uh you know just start working together and that's obviously working so excited to see what they can do uh, when it comes time for the game so big congrats to all of our olympians um but man watching the trials as someone who has a ton of friends in both races the men and women's race it's just like this bittersweet experience right like some of your buddies are like obdi like having the race of their life and getting on team and you're just like yes like so excited and then at the same time like most of your friends are you know their dreams are being crushed right before their eyes and um it's a very sad day for them and a sad place to be so it's a it's hard it's actually a really hard event to be at because you're both celebrating and you know mourning the the loss of a dream and uh for for your other friends and you know in my case with sarah and that's what i'm gonna talk about here um here in a little bit is my experience of processing with sarah and going through her disappointment with her and you know as her coach like taking that 
upon myself as well. And so that's what we're going to talk about um, later on. But um, before I jump into that, I just want to say like how proud I am of our run free crew. You know, we were small but fierce. Um, We had four athletes in there. And I'd say, you know, none of them probably had the day that they were really hoping to have out in the trials, but they all stuck their nose in it. And as a coach, like that's what makes me the most proud. You know, like I just love watching uh, our athletes just go for it and stick their nose in it. And uh, I think a, a, my favorite picture of this in the trials um, was watching Tierney, who was our high school athlete that was competing in the trials, competing and she, watching her that first loop. I'm uh, on a scooter with Jay and a couple other buddies. Jay's one of our coaches at Run Free. If you guys, I've had him on the podcast before. He's coaching Tierney, and you know the plan was not hey, Tierney, go to, straight to the front of the Olympic trials and lead in that first loop. But um, I just love how fiery she is and, and how she sees herself, you know? Like, she feels like that's where she belongs. And so she's going to go stick her nose in it. And um, watching her come by at the front of the group with Sarah, um, it reminded me of myself when I was in high school because, you know, even though I wasn't at a world-class level when I was in high school, I, I felt like I belonged there. So whenever I had the opportunity to go race guys like Bernard Lagat, when I ran an uh, indoor mile against him in Los Angeles, I'd go to the front and try and run with him because I was like, this is where I belong. This is where I see myself. And even though I'm not here yet, it's like me preparing myself for my future self. So it was really cool to see Tierney um, going after that um, at the trials with that same kind of fire. So, you know, obviously Sarah's race, you know, we just done that podcast for you guys and things were just clicking so well and all the way up to the race, she just kept feeling better and better. And um, we were so stoked for the race, so excited. And so obviously uh, super shocked, you know, to see her struggling um, at, I think it was, she was in the lead group all the way. I think it was through 17 or 18 miles. And then she started to fall off a little bit. And I remember I wasn't at that point on the course. I was, I was at mile 22 waiting for her where I was going to scoot next to her on my scooter, my electric scooter that I got. And, uh, just, I remember checking updates on my phone and seeing that she was falling off and just being like, no, like it felt like someone had just like hit me in the stomach, you know? And just being filled with like this like nauseous feeling like I can't believe this happening. And there wasn't any part of me that's like, what's going on? Like she's screwing this up. <laughs> like there was zero of that. There, there was only like, oh, like just so heartbroken for her, you know? And, and for myself as well, like I, we're a team, right? So like when she succeeds, like I, I take part in that. When she fails, like I take part in that as well. So um, just super, super shocked and bummed. And she came past me at 22 and I could tell like her legs were just not there anymore. They were just rubber legged and um, she was not moving well at all. And so, you know, I scooted next to her and had a little conversation with her as she was running and continue on 
in the course and trying to just kind of leave it up to her because I didn't want to tell her to step off the course, but um, knowing that that was the right move and that um, like her day was done and she was only going to do more damage to her body if she kept running through what I was seeing in her legs. So I was grateful when she stepped off the course around 22.5 and we hopped in an Uber and you know that began the process of us kind of working through this disappointment together and so that's what I want to talk to you guys about because it's been a really interesting week for me that way and a growing week for me that way and so kind of I kind of went through this process of being shocked first you know and then being super bummed for her and bummed for myself and bummed that this had happened and then later on I'd say in that that evening after the race laying in bed at night, not able to sleep, just like questioning the training, questioning our preparation, the courses I had her train on and training, like just racking my brain, like what could I have done differently here? Like, cause I don't, I don't put, when, when my athletes and when you guys is, you know, our run free athletes don't perform well, like just know that the coach is not sitting in the back being like, yeah, they just like blew up. They just, you know, mentally just didn't have it. They just threw in the towel. Like, no, no, that's, that's not what we do at run free. Um, you know, we're, we're in it with you guys to the end and past the end, you know, like in trying to figure out what, what happened here. So, you know, I was just, I was just questioning stuff we'd done and but I kept landing on this that you know she was obviously in the best shape she'd ever been in uh, Houston six weeks prior running a personal best and what I was seeing in training was some of the best stuff I've seen come from her and then she was feeling great leading up to the race too like in the week leading up to it the days leading up to it like she was feeling bouncy she was feeling springy and so I really just kind of land on the conclusion that I don't think there's any, you know, if I, if you had me go back and train her differently for this race, knowing what I know now about the course, like I wouldn't do anything differently. Like I really didn't feel like there was, and you know, not to say that we had a perfect preparation and everything was done perfectly. And I'm a perfect coach. That's not at all what I'm saying here. I'm saying like, I just couldn't figure out anything that was blatantly obvious that we did wrong in the buildup. So um, I kind of just landed on like, this is just bad luck. Like it's bad luck that she had to run this course for the Olympic trials. And I remembered us visiting Atlanta for the first time, you know, six months ago. And it might've been even longer ago than that. And I remember my post on Instagram after I saw the course for the first time and I was just so frustrated that they chose this course because I knew, you know, Sarah, she loves flat, fast courses. She loves to get in a rhythm. She's, she's kind of a time trialist, right? Like, well, she's not a time trialist because she's actually a really good competitor. She's like, I was a time trial. She's a, she's a competitor. I put us in two different categories there. Um, uh, but she's really good on flat courses. Like she's really good at just, and it's mechanics thing. It's not like a mental thing. And so I think that's important to pause on briefly, um, for you guys who are listening is it's okay to be aware of like your strengths and weaknesses because it might not even be your fault. Like in Sarah's situation, like it's not her fault that she's not typically as good on a hilly, super hilly course as she is on a flat course. Like it has more to do with her genetic makeup, her uh, how she moves, her mechanics, how she runs. 
um, that plays into it way, way more than training. And of course, you know, there's things we can do in training to get her more ready for those courses, but it's gonna be very difficult to take someone who is really great on flat, fast courses and make them really good on hilly courses if it's something that they typically struggle with. So anyways, I kind of just ended up landing on the, man, this was just bad luck for Sarah, you know, that she had to to race a crazy course for the Olympic trials. And then that made me a little bit frustrated, you know, I was like, like who, who made this decision to, uh, you know, run a course that's two and a half times the gain and loss of Boston Marathon, elevation gain and loss of Boston to pick a team for the Olympic Marathon that's going to be pancake flat. Like that just doesn't make sense to me. Um, so, you know, there's that frustration as well. But mainly it was like, well, this was just totally outside of our control, right? Like we don't have say in what course uh, they select for the Olympic trials. We got to just prepare for it, show up and do our best with it. But it really did just feel like a case of bad luck. And I just kept kind of repeating that to myself. I was like, man, this is just like such bad luck. I don't know if you guys have ever had a situation like that for yourself, either in your running or in life in general. I think most human beings have, right? Where you're just like, I can't believe that happened. That was just such bad luck, you know? Like that was that was where I was at for a couple of days, just just realizing that. And it was interesting to think about, I started thinking about luck and bad luck. And um, I was realizing they actually back in 2007 this was actually a similar situation where we were picking a team for the 2008 Beijing Olympics which was going to be pancake flat and we did it on a really hilly trials course but there it was good luck for me because I typically run well on hilly courses especially like courses with downhills in it like I've just always like since the time I was a little kid, I always just loved charging down downhills. You know, we'd go cut wood up in the mountains and we'd run home and my dad would be driving our truck and I'd just be like barreling down these downhills out of control. Like I have no idea why I just always was good at it. Always loved it. Right. So like in that situation, it was really good luck for me that we were running through Central Park and doing loops on Central Park yet a guy like Khalid Kanuchi, who's you know our American record holder in the marathon was also in that race and he didn't typically run hilly courses I don't even know if he's good at them or not but it was kind of bad luck for him that we had to run a, a super hilly course for our Olympic trials but I didn't even think about that fact until this just happened this week I was like that was actually really bad luck for Khalid and kind of not cool you know but I was like this is a good illustration of how I typically always realize when I've, I'm experiencing bad luck, but oftentimes I miss it when I'm having good luck, you know? And it's really easy to see like the injustice of a situation when you feel like you're the one who the injustice is against, but it's really hard to see it when it's someone else's injustice, you know? So I was like feeling a little bit, I don't know, with that situation, it's being like, well, yeah, luck is a part of the sport, right? And like sometimes you're like me in 2007 where you benefit from it, from from you have good luck, but your good luck is someone else's bad luck usually, right? Like your good luck comes at the expense of someone else's luck, like Khalid's luck in the 07 trials. So I was kind of just thinking a lot about that and thinking about luck and I was remembering this story that I actually heard a while back and it's such a great story and it's really helped me 
um, kind of process this this frustration that I've had that you know this is just such bad luck for Sarah and feeling and, and bad luck for me as well you know and um, and getting a better view and being able to change my view on luck so here's the story all right so bear with me here it's not very long super short all right so once upon a time there was an old farmer who had worked his crops for many years one day his horse ran away upon hearing the news his neighbor came to visit such bad luck they said sympathetically maybe the farmer replied the next morning the horse returned bringing with it three other wild horses how wonderful the neighbors exclaimed maybe replied the old man the following day, his son tried to ride one of the untamed horses, was thrown and broke his leg. The neighbors came again to offer their sympathy on his misfortune. Maybe, answered the farmer. The day after, military officials came to the village to draft young men into the army. Seeing that the son's leg was broken, they passed him by. The neighbors congratulated the farmer on how well things had turned out. Maybe, the farmer said. So I just love this story because it really just challenges my own view of luck. And so obviously, you know, in this story, things that appear to be bad luck turn into good luck. But it's more than that, right? It's like actually just not placing labels on things that happen in our life. And I realize in my own life how quickly I do this where certain things happen. And I'm just like, that's bad that's good that's bad that's good and not, you know i oftentimes don't even realize i'm doing it it's just like so easy to just start judging things and you almost when you step back from that you're like man i'm like god right now like declaring what's good declaring what's bad when like really like i don't have a full picture of life i don't know what's going to happen tomorrow i don't know what's going to happen a year from now like i'm not I don't have full knowledge here. It's like pretending to be God, but not having the knowledge to be God, you know? So I just, maybe response. And so I was thinking about, you know, the situation with Sarah and how this appeared to be such bad luck. This appeared to be like so bad. And like, as I'd catch myself saying like, oh man, this is just such bad luck. And being like, no, no, no like maybe, maybe maybe this is bad luck it that that is that is one possible outcome right like this could be bad luck but maybe this is good luck like that maybe there's something that's going to happen in the future as a result of this that is really going to work to sarah's favor and what i found as i began to do that is it kind of changed my view of the world from being pessimistic to being like man this is such bad luck like why do bad things always happen to me like it's so easy to get on that train right like to just be able to like like i said like we're just way more aware of bad luck than good luck right like of course we do at times realize when we are lucky but oftentimes it's like me like i didn't realize how lucky i was in those 2007 olympic trials until here we are 13 years later right so like usually we miss it we miss the good luck right but we we definitely notice it when we have bad luck right but when we change our response from man this is such bad luck to maybe it just opens up the world to us to be potentially a good place it makes us more open receptive and it allows us to be able to see the good that can come 
from bad things that happen in our life or, you know, quote unquote, bad things that happen in our life that appear to be bad, but could actually be worked together for good. And it says that, you know, that's one of my favorite verses in the Bible that gets thrown around a lot that he uses all things, all things to work together for our good, right? And I, I love I love that verse. Like that's such a great one and such a reminder for times when we do feel like bad things are happening. But I really want to encourage us as a community to change our response to things that appear to be bad or when we think we're experiencing bad luck to catch ourselves to not be like man this is such bad luck or that's so bad to to our response being like i'm going to not cast judgment on this situation and i'm going to choose maybe cuz maybe leaves the door open for good things maybe is open it's looking for the ways that this can actually be turned into a good thing and as I've kind of accepted maybe in this situation, it's really just brought a ton of peace to me to be able to continue to move on and, and to be able to see the world in a good place, you know, and not be angry at the people who decided to choose this course. Like, of course, like I can start to get myself worked up if I talk about it. But when I change my response to, well, maybe, maybe this is good, maybe this is bad. Like all of a sudden, I'm at peace with people around me as well. So I just want to encourage you guys with that story. Hopefully, um, that's helpful. And, you know, as I think about maybe in this situation for us, I think about how something I like to say oftentimes is that there's something to be gained in every single race, every single good race, bad race, mediocre race, in every trial, in every season. There's every um, period of suffering there's always something to be gained and like i said at the beginning of this podcast realizing that these seasons these hard times are just gonna make the good times so sweet like so sweet like more sweet than they could otherwise be without having to go through this and for for us and i think about the olympic trials there was a very sweet aspect of the trials a very um super super powerful thing that did happen as a result of a quote-unquote bad race again maybe i don't know um and now is this a silver lining and all this was just the amount of love that not only sarah felt from you guys from everyone um, and myself included in that, like, I can't tell you how many messages we got on Instagram or how many text messages we got. And, you know, even talking to Sarah, she was telling me, she was like, I experience your love in like a different, deeper way when I'm going through these hard times, like that she can't experience it any other way than, than when she's going through these super hard times. And it was like that for me as well, like with people that I was hearing from, like so many friends, families, and people who were just, they're like, man, I was watching the race. And I just started crying when Sarah started struggling. And, you know, you're just like, we've been moved to tears like over and over again by people's love for us and sometimes it's people we know sometimes it's not people we know so just know if you are one of those people who is you know, sending us encouragement man that is such that's what life's about right like that's what all of this is supposed to be about is about loving on each other experiencing love like 
It says in the Bible that God is love. So I believe that every time we experience love from someone else, we're having an encounter with God because God is love. So thank you for giving us so many encounters with God um, this last week that we would have otherwise maybe not had if, if Sarah hadn't gone through this trial. So there's, there's always, guys, remember that, always, always, always in every season, every situation, every injury, every sickness, there's always something to be gained. We do have to look for it. It's not always obvious. Like We have to go after it. We have to have eyes to see. And I think this, this idea of not judging these trials, quote-unquote trials we're going through, these bad things, quote-unquote bad things that happen, not judging them, but being rather maybe allow us to open up our eyes and see the good that is happening around us. So I hope that's been helpful for you guys. And uh, th- again, thank you guys so much for pouring out your love on Sarah and I and the Run Free community. is It's powerful. It's real. It's, it was so great to run into so many of you guys out on the streets in Atlanta every time I run in someone and they tell me they're a listener to the podcast it uh just makes me feel good so um thanks for being a part of our community and I'm looking forward to future episodes until then guys happy training and I will talk to you guys next week